You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Thank you so much. Um, We're going to do something a little bit different today. We've been in the series, the teaching series called Focus Forward focus forward. I even have a shirt from 2020 when our staff went to a worship conference called Worship Together, and they're, they're, this was before COVID just hit. And uh, the theme of the conference was vision and having focus. And I think it's so important, not only for us as a church and individual believers to be focused in 2022 on what God has called us to do, but he's also called us as leaders of the church to be focused on the vision and where we lead you and shepherd and guide this local church body. Some of you have met our elders. Some of you have not even known we have elders, let alone who they are. And so this is our leadership, our elders, our governing leadership, and I want you to meet them. So when they do speak, be sure to introduce yourself as well. But before we share a little bit more about where our heartbeat is in moving forward, I want to keep vision in front of us, vision. Can we move to the vision slide? Here at Elevation Community Church, Our heart, can we read that together loud and clear, ready, is seeing real life change through worship encounters and real discipleship, disciple making. Let's try that again so I can get it right. Ready? Here we go. Seeing real life change through worship encounters and real disciple making. Josh, could you put that on all three screens for us? I want you to understand that this is our heartbeat. We say it like this a lot of times. We want to see real people. Say real people. Find real hope. Say real hope in Jesus Christ. We want them connected to real relationships. Say real relationships that bring about real disciple making. Real disciple making. Say real disciple making. Experiencing real life change. Say real life change. So we condensed it to this. We want to see real life change through worship encounters. That's what we do. We create environments and events for people to encounter the living God. And then we want to connect them to real disciple making where they grow up into Christ and then grow out of the church building to make more disciples. And so in leading into that, I want Greg to share a little bit about our heart and our search and what it means to make real disciples. Amen. You just kind of did it, but (laughs) I am so excited to share. I hope it takes just a few minutes to do it. Um, I'm Greg Dolby. I've been, we've been, my wife and I've been here for maybe about five or six years and uh, serving as an elder for maybe four-ish, I would say. Who's counting? I, 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 you know, I, I honestly want to say, I, the Lord woke me up at 5 o'clock this morning and said, I'm going to change what you're going to say today. I had a plan. He changed it. It's better than my plan. And the plan is this. I, I think over the last, well, I'll say during the pandemic and more recently in the last year, as a church, as a leadership team here, we have been praying 
reading, studying, talking, praying some more about understanding what should be the focus of this church in keeping with the theme of focus. What should be the focus of this church? You know, the American church has largely turned inward. And by that I mean we have lots of activities and programs and things that we get excited about, we all participate in, but ultimately they're inwardly directed. And in some respects, even small groups are inwardly directed. But the Lord has led us to the conclusion, and you could probably think of a big duh on this, D-U-H, that his word says there is a challenge for us as believers found in Matthew 28, 20, which is commonly referred to as the Great Commission. It is a simplified answer to the question, what should be our focus? And in that scripture, we are to go and make disciples and furthermore to baptize them and teach them to obey. I want to tell you, we have concluded that discipleship is not an issue of knowledge. It's an issue of obedience. Mm. And that's a challenge. You know, this is not a place where we should assemble as a sanctuary from the world. It's a place that should be a training ground to change the world. And if our church is only focused inwardly and only focused on the knowledge of the word, but not on the application of the word and reaching the lost, then we've missed the point and the focus. So our commitment here as a church leadership group, and I believe that you'll come along in the journey with us here, is that we're going to be laser-focused on building a, a culture of discipleship in our church, a culture of obedience discipleship, not knowledge discipleship. That, there's a big difference between that. And I think there's just a couple of concepts within that real quickly I want to share before I pass the microphone on what that really means. I think it clearly means that as a church and our focus on discipleship, we need to be missional, which means intentional. You know, the church is about evangelism. It's about sharing and preaching, right? And about learning and growing. But it's also about going. The church has too often in America also become a church that has adopted what is sometimes called a pastoral model. In a pastoral model, the focus is on attracting people, <laughs> nurturing them, and retaining them. It's a numbers game. The apostolic model that Jesus poured his life into is about attracting people, equipping them, and sending them. Amen. It's not about retention. It's about exploration. <laughs> and our goal should not be to just come and be satisfied in our own life and spiritual walk, but to be equipped to go and serve. Now, there's a practical side to that, and that is many of us Especially if you're an introvert, aren't sure how you do that. How often have we said, I don't know how to share my faith. I don't know how to go. I don't even know what go means. Well, we're on a journey. And I will tell you, we've already begun that journey, and we're working on building a model here that we're going to be implementing in the coming months here at ECC. Hmm. It has begun with a, a smaller group. We've assembled on Wednesday evening. Don't feel bad if you're not part of that because it's just a pilot group designed to refine an approach to discipleship training. When we complete that here over the next few months, we're going to be sharing with you how you can participate in the repeat of what we're 
developing. <laughs> and our goal is to deploy people into the world around us. Come on. To impact the world. It's not for our benefit, it's for their benefit. You know, we, we grow together in fellowship and worship here in this church, and isn't it wonderful how we do that here? But God's ultimately measuring us by a different yardstick, and that's the impact we have in the world around us. So how to do that is our focus, and we're working on that. We're going to be sharing that, and we're excited to do that. So stay tuned. It's coming to a city near you. Thank you. Isn't that awesome? And uh, we'd like to just take literally a moment to pray over that, to pray that God would align us to his heart, that God would open the hearts of people right now in these seats and watching on home because, friends, discipleship has never been about comfortability. And I do feel like the American church, we've been blessed with so much that it keeps us comfortable. We need to be careful of that. And we've become more about information than multiplication. And transformation needs to start here, but multiplication needs to go out from here. Does that make sense? So I'd like for us just to take a moment as Phil St. Holtz, one of our elders, prays for us and with us. Let's pray. Let's pray together, please. Father, we just thank you that you have given us elders who are really passionate about the Great Commission. They really seek all of us to help people get connected to Jesus. And the first step for many people is that step where they see Jesus for the first time. And we want that. And we ask, Father, that you will guide us on how to reach those people. But then the next step is we need help on how to help those people grow so they really learn to walk with Jesus. Father, just help us change our hearts so that we could focus on what you want in, instead of what we want. And Father, we ask that you would just give us in this church a real spirit of unity that we could all walk together following where you will take us in this whole thing. And Father, um, we ask for your courage, um, courage as we engage people that maybe we have not known well before, courage to reach out to those who are close to us, to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors. And just now, let's take a moment in this prayer for each of you to say in your own heart, who are three people in those categories that you really want to see to come to Jesus? Just lift their names silently. Father, we, we ask that you would help us so that our actions all of the time would reflect your love and help these people see Jesus' light through us. And then sometimes to give us words, but always to give us the right actions. And Father, we ask for your wisdom every step of the way. We ask for your strength. And we ask this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.
Amen. Vic, go ahead. Well, good morning. Uh, Vic Grable, uh, better known as Grayson's grandpa at this point <laughs> time, or Poppy. Uh, I want to share just a little bit, and, and I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to share on behalf of the, uh, the elder board. It's not just my thoughts, but theirs as well. And um, really, it's relative to giving in the church and really to give you a snapshot of where we're at with just a handful of, of data points. Uh, it's a great news story. We talked about it in our last meeting, and we really wanted to share that. Secondly, we want to talk about uh, maybe take just a moment and share some encouragement uh, about giving that we hope will be meaningful to all of you. Uh, God has been so good in this place. He has blessed us abundantly. And the way I like to look at it is he's blessed us, but you guys have collectively been the hands and the feet of that blessing, of that faithfulness by your faithful and consistent giving. I know we're a part of a church where we don't make a big deal about offerings on a Sunday morning. Took me only six, eight years to get used to not passing a plate every time you get together. Um, and we don't talk about it a lot. But that doesn't mean that God's not at work behind the scenes and that you haven't demonstrated great faithfulness in your giving. So four data points that I want to share. First of all, in 2021, it was the highest amount of total giving that we've ever experienced in the history of the church here at Elevation. That's something to be thankful for. Now, remember Amazing. what was going on from the world's perspective. There was a lot of noise and a lot of folks maybe out of work for periods of time. But in, in, in uh, 2021, our giving was up 22% over the levels of 2020. And that's really significant. Uh, you hear in the news about a lot of churches that are struggling mightily. Um, thankfully, God and you have been faithful in this area. And so the good news is he continues to bless us. The second data point. Uh, even though we had more money coming in, the balance is how much do you send out, right? How much do you spend? And so even in light of um, revenue or, or giving increasing by 22%, our expenses have remained flat. Matter of fact, they're within 1% of what they were in 2020. And so we continue to try to manage that to be good stewards of everything that's received. We account for every penny that's received coming in and going out, but we've been able to maintain spending at a flat level. And that's an important aspect of this that allows us to be able to do a couple other things that I want to share with you. Third, uh, many of you may not even know this. We don't try to keep it a secret, but we give, we have made a commitment as a church body several years ago to tithe on all of the giving that's received here. So we give away or we set aside, we earmark 10% of everything that's given to be given outside of elevation. And what I mean by that, it can be given to the local community, it can be given to missions both within the states and outside internationally, but we, we dedicate that money and tithe, we call it our outgoing tithe, and give that money outside of the core ministry of elevation. God has done some great things. We're prepared always, whether it's the trip to Kentucky to give money to, to uh, issues that come up from a benevolent standpoint. But we also believe that the Lord is at work here, and he has something really special for us in the future. We're preparing for that. We're setting money aside. We have no idea what it is, but we believe that he has something very special, and we want to be ready to participate in a life-changing event once God directs us down that path. 
And so we affirmed in that meeting we're going to continue to tithe on everything that comes in, continue to set that money aside and track it, and um, you'll hear more as, as those opportunities present themselves in the future. And the fourth point of being a good steward is we really would tr prefer to be completely debt-free as a body. Now, I will tell you, the only debt we have is our mortgage, and there's some great news on that front. We, um, we purchased this church building five and a half years, six years ago, had a mortgage that had a five-year adjustable rate. Uh, in the fall, that rate came up for renewal. Uh, it was going to jump up pretty significantly, so we turned our chief negotiator, Tony Cardinal, loose on him. And he was, he was able to negotiate a <laughs> really favorable uh, rate adjustment uh, for the next five years, and it's fixed. It can't go up even in the midst of all these times. The beauty of it is from day one, we committed that each month we would make our mortgage payment, but in addition, we would pay an extra $1,000 to the principal. And I'm pleased to say we've never missed a month doing both of those. And so right now our mortgage is about half of what it was initially, and the beauty is that before we reach the end of that five-year term, we're committed that mortgage will be paid off entirely and the church will be completely free and clear. We think that uh, being debt-free is a, is a biblical principle, and so we want to be positioned. Again, it's not about money. It's about being positioned to do the work that we're called to do. So that's some facts about giving. The second part is really designed to be an encouragement. Uh, I'm trying to reflect the hearts of the elders in this group um, relative to this. Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians uh, has several great uh, references to giving, but the one that I want to reference right now is he asks us to excel. He says, just like you excel in knowledge and in speech and in faith and in love, so see to it that you also excel in the grace of giving. That's a powerful scripture. Now, as elders, we want you all to excel in the grace of giving, and the spectrum is wide, right? You might be a brand new follower of Jesus Christ, and you might not even understand anything about giving. But you might be on the other end of the spectrum where you've been a devoted follower of Christ for decades, you've been giving for decades, but that doesn't always guarantee that you've enjoyed developing excellence in the grace of giving. And you might be somewhere in between. So three points about giving that we want to talk about. And from our perspective as a group of elders, it has nothing to do with money. We are 100% confident the Lord is going to meet all of our needs today and in the future. The reason that we wanted to encourage you today about giving is because we don't want to see any of you, nor do any of us, want to miss out on the blessings that are promised associated with giving and excelling in the grace of giving or the worship of giving. Three quick points. Scripture in uh, 2 Corinthians also talks about God loves what? A cheerful giver. Are you cheerful in your giving? Is it, is it something you're excited about? That Scripture also says you're not supposed to give under compulsions or reluctance, so we can't and shouldn't try to intimidate you or manipulate you into giving. That's not uh, um, giving that excels. But rather, we should just be encouraging you. And so cheerful giving is a key component to being uh, a, a great worshiper for, from your giving. Now, you might say, you don't know my situation. I probably don't. 
uh, I'm elderly and I've got a limited income or I've got a lot of expenses. Well, there's a second example in Scripture in the, in the book of 2 Corinthians about a church that found themselves in that exact position. It was the Macedonian church. And Scripture talks about that this church was under severe trial. They had extreme poverty, but yet they wanted to collect an offering for Apostle Paul. And the Scripture says they entreated with him or begged them for the opportunity to give. But the key element in what they did was they surprised Apostle Paul and the others because it said they first gave themselves fully to the Lord, and then they gave over and beyond what they thought was possible. You want to be a cheerful giver, the first step is to take that step of faith and turn all your finances over to God and trust him wholly. Give yourself to him fully. You'll experience freedom and peace like you've never seen from that aspect of your life. The third scripture is one that I, is one of my favorites, and actually the last book of the Bible in the Old Testament, book of Malachi, most of you have heard it, chapter 3, and it says, will a man rob God? Well, how do you rob God? By withholding the tithes and offerings. But it goes on to make an incredible promise. It says, test me, the Lord says, try me out, put me to the test, and give. And when you do that, see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings so significant that you're unable to contain them. That's what our prayer is for you. And that's what our prayer is for each of us, that we would give in that way. Not, not, I'm not talking about amounts. I'm talking about the spirit in which we give, that we indeed would be blessed and be in position to receive the blessings the Lord has for us. So we're asking you to only do one thing as a result. Pray about it, you know? Spend some time as God leads in his scriptures. If you want to talk to any of us, we're happy to do that. But just simply pray about it. See what God puts on your heart, how he impresses your heart about giving, and then just do it. And I promise you, he will throw open the windows of heaven, and he will distribute blessings to you that are so great you can't contain it. Thank wow. you. Tony, why don't you pray? Amen. Before Tony prays, I do want to just, uh, um, just bring to you or direct your attention to two other ways outside of the normal giving that you can literally support this church. And I know that um, you probably are already maybe supporting another organization through these two ways, and that's okay. But one is Amazon. Amazon. Um, you literally can go and select. You can't do it on the app, I don't believe, but the, the main website, you select a charitable cause. If you're not doing that, please do that. If it's not us, make it another charitable uh, giving. This is free money to any nonprofit organization. And it's a small percentage, but that small percentage adds up as everyone's increasing their purchasing online. The other is Kroger. Uh, Kroger Rewards, it's actually a, a much greater return than Amazon, but if you don't have a charitable organization on your Kroger Rewards card, please do that, because we do get a monthly check from Kroger just by people uh, putting us on their card for the groceries they purchase. So if you don't have an organization for those two things, would you consider uh, putting that on so that... Um, uh, Elevation Community Church can uh, benefit from that. Okay, Tony. Um, I, I totally agree, but I have one other area where you could consider giving, and that's of your time. Uh, we can always use more assistance 
in eKids. And an interesting thing about money is we have never hired a custodian. Our, our building is kept clean by volunteers. If you have an inkling of how you might want to know more about that, the person to talk to right now is Elliot or Danielle Thiel. I don't know Danielle. Is that correct, Elliot? Either one of those people could uh, help you see what's involved. Typically, it's uh, less than two hours per month. Can I talk now? You can. <laughs> My name's Tony Cardinal, and we've been attending here probably nine years, 10 years, I believe. But anyhow, uh, thank you, Vic, for that wonderful report. And thank all of you for making this happen, for making this happen. Look around this place. Look at this sanctuary, our worship team, our e-kids ministry. Your generosity has been overwhelming. Thank you. And we thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for making this happen as well. We have, you propelled us through the season of COVID to some great things. And we see nothing but greater things looking forward. Let me just say a couple things. I was in the financial planning business for probably 30 years. And during that 30 years, I'm chasing returns for my clients, manage multi-million dollar portfolios, looking for 8, 10, 12, 20%, 30% return. And then also, I saw minus 10, minus 20, minus 30. I saw minus 40% one year. Maybe that's why my hair is gray. That's white. Thank you. <laughs> but anyhow, the point is that investing in the world's economy, up and down, up and down. But... If we invest in God's economy, the return is infinite. It's infinite. You know, it says in Luke 6.38, give, give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. What an investment. What an investment. Yeah. And that's what we're doing here. We're investing in God's economy. And the return is infinite. And I just want to affirm something what Vic had said. He had the wrong book of the Bible, though. It's the Italian version. It's Malachi. But anyhow. <laughs> the book of Malachi. How important. Verse 3, 9. How important is that? It's the only place in the Bible where God says, test me. Test me. And if you test me, I will pour out blessings that you can't contain. Again, what an investment. What a proposition. The Lord of the universe says, test him, and he'll show us. Hmm. And he's showing us. Amen. And again, thank you to all of you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I just thank you for this church, Lord. I thank you for the people 
here that have been diligent and conscientious in their giving. And Lord, you are blessing us. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for the opportunity for us to give. Thank you for that opportunity. And Lord, I ask you just touch every single person here, Lord. Touch them financially, relationship-wise, health, emotion. Lord, whatever it may be, Father, we ask that you just touch them. And so, Lord, we just want to, again, thank you and thank you for this opportunity. We ask this all in your most precious name. Amen. Amen. Can we thank the elders? We're going to continue with just a little bit more uh, vision, and I'm excited for what's coming next. But uh, I just want to give you a, a, a couple more um, things coming up, a glimpse moving forward. Uh, for those who volunteer and for those who serve, we are doing something exciting next Sunday. We are doing a potluck. All we're asking from you is to bring a dish or a side or, or excuse me, or a dessert to share. Our main meal is going to be fried chicken. Uh, for those of you who are not volunteering or serving at this point, but you are definitely, hey, I want to get involved. I want to know kind of what's going on, where I fit best. This is also for you. Don't feel bad about coming. Uh, just come and join us because what the elders are going to do, what we're going to do during the uh, potluck is we're going to share just a little bit more and expand upon what you just heard from a discipleship, from giving and finances to the heartbeat of what we're doing at Elevation Community Church. So please uh, make, make plans to do that. We're very excited. The kids can join us for the meal. And then when we share a little bit, they will go back and have some fun in eKids. Um, another couple things that are happening here at Elevation Community Church. Since we want you to grow, we want you to get connected and experience real life change. One thing we do every Sunday right now at 9 a.m. is our Bible study. It's led by uh, uh, different uh, teachers in, in our uh, spiritual church family. Right now, I want to thank Joe Francis for leading the last couple of months. We thank him. Joe, you, it's been great. And um, we're starting a new Bible study, or, or not a new Bible study, a new book to study, and that is the book or the Gospel of John. It's going to be an eight-week starting next Sunday. So please join us for that. This is just about a 35-minute time for you to dive into the scriptures, dive into the word, and dive into fellowship and connect with other people as we live it out throughout the week. Another thing that we offer on Wednesday nights is our nights of prayer. Will you join us in seeking the face of God? Individually, corporately, here together, but wherever you may be on Wednesdays, let's seek the face of God. No movement of God happens without people praying. Do you want to move in your life? Do you want to see God move? Are you seeking him in prayer? Two other really exciting things coming up. Obviously, we just talked about our heart of real disciple-making. Well, another big thing, and especially for our staff, but the vision and calling for my life is to create worship encounters where people encounter God. Any of you remember in 2018 something we called the Good Friday walkthrough? Just a few of you, it's been a while. 
but we're gonna do that again this year. We are so excited. Those of you who've been a part of this, you know that it takes the entire church to put this on. You're gonna see more, you're gonna hear more. We're about seven weeks out. We're already planning. It's gonna be advertised through 93.3. We're gonna have jobs for you to invite people. We're gonna have a mailer that goes out into our community. This is a big deal. Our goal is to reach 1,000 people through this Good Friday uh, walkthrough. Yeah, please, please clap your hands. Those of you who've been through it really understand the power of the experience. You will walk the footsteps to the road of suffering that Jesus took for all of us. It's gonna be amazing, but we're gonna need all of you involved. So we just wanted to give you a heads up that signups will be coming, and we really want you to even start praying about it. It will be on Thursday and Friday, April 14th and April 15th. Easter is on its way. How many of you had the Advent blocks this Christmas? How many? Raise your hand. We had about 80% of our people involved in this. Well, Advent blocks knew that it was so successful that they started something for this Easter that we would like to give an opportunity for all families to be involved. Would you watch this video? Hey guys, it's us again, the Advent Blocks people. But forget about Christmas for a second. Let's talk about Easter. At Christmas, our family struggles to refocus anticipation towards Jesus. But at Easter, well, can I be honest? It's usually a win if our family does anything at all. I mean, maybe you've got an Easter basket, you dye some eggs. Sure, of course you celebrate by going to church. But you don't quite capture the meaningful moment leading up to Easter. Well, now you can have that meaningful moment. We've created a resource called Easter Blocks to help your family slow down and savor Jesus during Holy Week. And just like Advent Blocks, this is a tangible, beautiful, Bible-based guide that will lead you and your family to worship. 12 blocks, 8 days, 1 story. The story of the most important week in human history. Here's how it works. Every day from Palm Sunday to Easter, arrange the blocks in the tray. Light the candle to kick things off and read the story. Then, on the weekend, the fabric covers all the blocks. And this is a big part of the experience. It's covered all weekend. Finally, on Easter, the big reveal. Christ is risen. Remove the cover and pass the tray around and celebrate. Here's what we're most excited about. The conversations. You see, everyday's story ends with the question. Was Jesus a servant, a prophet, a priest? Or was he a king? And by Easter, we discover he was all of these things. Don't let Easter sneak up on you this year. Slow down with us. Light the candle, read the story, have a conversation. Whatever you do, just don't miss it. It's exciting. And if those of you who had Advent blocks, you understand, even if you didn't do it consistently, you understand the power. I, I mean, our kids grew through Christmas. I know so many of you have stories. Even as adults, it was so good to, at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, you focus on what really matters. Here's the deal. They are in lower stock. They, they, they said that they would have enough uh, for a lot of churches to order, but because of COVID demand and all this, the supplies. Um, so the next two Sundays, if you want to participate with this and get a church discount, normally it is 54 
And so you, you're going to get a, a major discount here, but you have to go through the church in order to do that. So at the guest uh, welcome center, there's two um, high top tables with signups. What you do is you just sign up. We will order it for you, and then you pay the $38.49 when they come uh, in April. Early April, they're supposed to come. They did say that there may be a chance, depending on shipping, that they don't get it in time, but uh, they are hoping that everything works out. So you have two weeks, this Sunday and next Sunday, to sign up. We will order Sunday afternoon um, on March 6th. So if you don't want the discount and you just want to get them yourself, you have to pay the full value and you can go on adventblocks.com. But if you want to do it through the church and get the discount, be sure to do this. What a great way as a family to remember and teach your kids what Easter is all about. So now we're going to make a a shift uh, talking about kids and our next generation. We say this all the time, but we truly mean it. The next generation is everything. The next generation is everything to this church. And Tiffany and Jeff are just one component of reaching into the next generation. We actually have Michael who does eKids, but uh, we brought him on full time about four or five months ago to invest in Bridge Student Ministry. Bridge has just started and they meet um, the same time that AIM meets here at the church on Sunday nights from five to seven. But for these next 10 minutes, I want you to give your hearts and your ears to Tiffany as we talk about AIM. Uh, Tiffany, can you tell us a little bit about what happened last Sunday? Yes. Hi, everybody. I'm Tiffany. Um, but yeah, we, we like to at AIM, kind of going along with our vision, is we like to have worship encounters for our students so that we can see real life change in them so they can go out and be discipleship makers for Christ. So this past Sunday, we did a rush night, which kind of stems off our rush camp. And we just had, it was an amazing night. We all, we, we do different themes. We had it be a Hollywood night. So we all got dressed up. We rolled out the red carpet. And it was just a lot of fun. Came together. Um, I think we have a couple really pictures. really good food. You know, just a great time. But yeah, you can see. <laughs> and that was actually the worship team that. Look at those handsome dudes. Yes. Yeah, we, we like to aim. We like to have fun. So we like to involve, you know, different adults that help out. And those were the guys that actually served through the night. So it was a lot of fun. But um, we actually were able to have the worship team from Rush Camp come and lead the students in a time of worship. And it just, it was an amazing night. Like, we really were able to just worship. And one of my dear friends um, spoke, Amber Ayers, and um, she delivered a message on um, your life choices, small life choices, and how that can impact your life down the road. It was just a very, very powerful night. So um, I was very thankful that the students were able to experience that. Awesome. And speaking, uh, speaking of Rush Night, can you talk about Rush Camp? And that's coming this summer that we've done for years. Can yes. you just talk about that for a minute? Well, we love camp. Um, all of you know that I'm a huge um, motivator of getting people to go to camp. But RUSH actually stands for Run Until We See Him. And RUSH Camp is just, there's really no way, I always try to put into words what RUSH Camp is, but until you've really gone and experienced it, you just can't understand. But overall, it's just such an impactful week on the life of a student. Uh, This past year, we really saw the Holy Spirit move in our students' lives. We saw students come to Christ. 
we saw students um, recommit their lives. And I think you guys were able to kind of see uh, the results of that when we had that baptism service on the 4th of July. Uh, just mm. God just really moves. Awesome. I mean, we have a lot of fun at Rush Camp, but we also have a lot of time to see God move in the life of students. And you would say the heart of Rush Camp is really connecting them to Christ and other relationships, yeah, right? Yeah, Rush Camp is really about pouring spiritually into the lives of the students to help them grow closer to Christ. And so many of our kids in AIM have been impacted in their relationship with Christ through Rush Camp. So it's so important. How do, how do we raise support for Rush Camp? Because it is expensive, yeah. isn't it? So Rush Camp is expensive. And um, you can see there this year it's $305, which really, if you look into different camps, that's actually not too bad um, for price. But what we do with AIM, we like to have a good time. And so last year we did a wiffle ball fundraiser and we had a wiffle ball tournament. And if you were a part of that, you know, we had so much fun I and mean, it was just such a great day. And we actually threw that one event because again, like, like Vicar Elder said, you guys are such a giving so generous. church. Yes, that we were able through that one day of having fun to raise all the funds for all of our students to go. I think parents had to pay like the down payment, but other than that, the entire camp was covered. So there is some financial cost. skin in the game of each family, but we really, we, we have found that when we can make this um, affordable, how many kids did you have last year? We had 30. I think it was around 30 some. I can't remember. That's the exact. amazing, guys. That is amazing generosity. So we are going to raise that through fundraisers, the wiffle ball, and maybe yes. a few others. Yes. But if you have a heart to sponsor a child for this, please see Tiffany about that. One other item, so this is about connecting them to Christ. Now that they're connected to Christ, how many of you were on a missions trip as a teen or a college student? How many of you? Not many. Okay, well, for those who were, this goes back to the growth and when God really grows you in him. And so we wanted to take that next step with our teens. Can you tell us a little bit about this missions trip? Yes. So those of you that know me, I talk a lot about not only camp, but I talk about mission trips. I was able to take two mission trips when I was in high school and they really impacted my life. I mean, I don't think I would be the person I am today if it had not been for going on these mission trips. So um, I have always, it's been a dream of mine to take a group of students on a missions trip. And I was able through Rush Camp to get connected with Scott Price. I, think we have I don't know, I think, yeah, I think we have, there, there he is. is. He, Scott Price, he, this, this guy is just amazing. He is the director at Rush Camp. And for a living, what he does is he's really a pastor to youth pastors, where he really just comes along and he helps us. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but being a youth leader is not an easy job. It is an extremely hard job. Um, statistically, I don't think youth pastors last very long. About um, two years. About two years, and they're done. And um, just to say, from doing this job, I now understand that. <laughs> it is one of the hardest things I think I've ever done, leading this ministry. And I, I mean, I just mean that. But Scott has been such a help to me. He really has become a pastor to me, and he helps me, and he encourages me. And uh, not only does he direct the camp, but he also directs mission trips. And so he is connected with Impact Ministries, which is a ministry in Myrtle Beach, where they, all through the summer, have different 
groups come in and they do mission trips with them there at Myrtle Beach. Now, I know you hear Myrtle Beach and you're like, oh, yeah, sure, that's going to be really be a mission trip. I was just going to say, let's <laughs> pop the balloon. Why Myrtle Beach? Is this yeah. just going to be fun for the kids? But actually, if you get on Impact Ministries, if you get on their website, Myrtle Beach, actually, it's a tourist place, but there is a lot of hurting people in that community, and there is a lot of work that needs to be done. So what they do, and you can go on their website, there's a huge list of different ministries they do, but Scott is actually going to be leading our missions trip. So if you have a student, this is definitely an experience that you don't want your student to miss, and if you're a student here, trust me you will not regret going on this trip. It's gonna be amazing. And kind of just to, I think where you were gonna go is, okay, so why are you going to rush camp and going on a missions trip? Why do both? Well, this is why. Rush camp is really more about a fun experience where the students are able to grow spiritually and really experience the Holy Spirit. Well, we see in Acts 1.8, it talks about how you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So what this trip is, is our students have received the power of the Holy Spirit, but what we're doing is we're teaching them to be disciple makers come and on. to get out of Blanchester, to go to Myrtle Beach, to the ends of the earth. So we're getting our students out of their comfort zones and we're getting them to a new place, which is still safe, parents, a safe environment, because we do care and we want our students to be safe. But we're going to get them out of their comfort zones, and we're going to see them go on mission for Christ. So it's going to be exciting. And unlike Rush Camp, uh, there still is a cost, but the kids that are committing to go on the missions trip, part of this experience is them trusting God and actually doing work to raise the money for that. So all we're asking from the church is we're going to do a serv uh, service auction in a, a couple months. Can you just explain that real quick? Yeah, we're going to have fun with it. Um, we're going to have, it's going to be kind of like a silent auction. We'll have it set up in the lobby. You'll see that to come this spring. And spring is a time of work, right? There's so much work, yard work, um, spring cleaning of your home. So what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to kind of hire, hire a student to come or a group of students to come and work. Amen. Work. Because a missions trip, right, is about work. Um, we're going to work on this missions trip. But I tell you, from, from my experience, I loved going on a missions trip and working. Like, I think the students are going to find that they're going to grow more and have more fun when they work. So the trip actually starts the moment you say yes. And we're going to be working and doing different service projects for anybody here. And then you can help sponsor them and help them to, to go. So awesome. that will be coming. And again, guys, this takes a church to pour into, invest, and make disciples of the next generation. And so this is just one way that we can do that. Can we thank Tiffany? God bless you. Thank you, Jeff. Would you all stand as the band comes up? This is my benediction. So we're going to worship our way out today. So I'm going to put Psalms 100 on the screen, and I would love for you guys to read this loud and strong as we end on this note of thanking God for his goodness, his faithfulness, his mercy, and his generosity among us. So can we do that? All right. Is it on the screen, the scripture? 
Let's sing, sing this together. I'd love to hear you sing this. Um, let's speak it together. Ready? Here we go. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Come on. Worship the Lord with gladness. Say what? Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his, amen. Here we go. We are his people, a little louder. The sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. Continue. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together. And as we are done, you may be dismissed. Let's worship. Come on. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.